Today, we have a very special guest coming to you from the great state of New Hampshire. He's a part of the class of 2024 and attends Prospect Mountain High School. Not only is the chapter president for a school, but also a state representative. We have a lot to talk about from being part of the AAU basketball, cars, being a sneakerhead, and much more. Let's get right into it. How are you today, Dylan? Good. How about you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining me on the very first episode of the Success Saturday show. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about what's your involvement in FBLA. Uh, what kind of different leadership roles do you have? Okay. So um, this year, uh, I am one of the state officers for New Hampshire, uh, as well as being a president for my club, like, uh, like you said. Um, New Hampshire is kind of run as like a group, so we all make decisions together. Um, there is no select president or anything. I was represented last year as president at the uh, NLC to go up on stage, but we are all kind of equal on that council. And my uh, responsibilities kind of fall in line with everyone else's. We decide what we have to get done, how we can do it, and what works best for our group. A lot of different states have elected like positions, like you said, president, vice president. Do you feel that with New Hampshire's um, the way they have the council-based system is actually better or any different challenges that have ever occurred in your meetings? Yeah, so with New Hampshire, I really feel like a lot of us get equal opportunity and uh, responsibility where we um, have different things that we can choose to do, but also sometimes if we are uh, lacking behind or we are not picking up on our duties, we can be told to do something, which it, it works as a team. Um, there is some losses like not having someone who uh, decides what, is going on, not having someone who makes a, makes up the agenda, stuff like that. But um, as a team, we kind of work together to figure stuff out. And I think it's a lot better for our bonding. Um, and we, we've gotten really close, especially this year. Um, last year, we were uh, coming out of COVID. So we didn't really get to meet a lot in person. But this year, um, with all the meetings that we've had in person and all that we've uh, gone through already this year, it, it's, it's been really fun. And um, we've gotten to know each other very, like a lot. I think, if, I believe, if I'm correct, you guys had your fall leadership workshop just recently. Is that correct? Yeah, we had it uh, Thursday. So. Okay, so why don't you talk a little bit more about what happened there, what were some of the successes that different states can also learn from New Hampshire? So um, at our fall leadership workshop, it was, it was very, it was a lot of fun. Um, we got to see about twice the amount of people that we got last year with a total of like 400 students going. Um, we are a smaller state, so that may not seem like a lot to other people, but um, the years past, especially last year through COVID, we only had, I think, upwards of 200, 250 there. And this year we had upwards of 400, which is just an, a major leap for us. Um, Some things that went well, we uh, had uh, a local activity organization called the Brown Center. They work with UNH and uh, it's kind of like an outdoor activities um, organization come, with, uh, come to our FLW and uh, get the students involved in uh, a lot of activities outside while keeping them uh, ready to be inside and learning. The, the Half of the group got to go outside and uh, work with each other, bond, stuff like that. That was really successful for us, bringing another organization to uh, partake in that. Um, we talked about our Shasta projects. Um, it was We did something kind of fun where we split up the 400 into two groups. One group went outside with the Brown Center one group stayed inside and then we split up that group inside um, five ways so that all of us could go to each group and then we'd shift instead of the group shifting. Um, that was 
really fun and it felt very uh, personal whenever we talked to all of our members. Um, then we did it again. We switched with the other one, with the other group and did it uh, that way. Um, but we also had a college fair there, which is a great opportunity. Um, if any states aren't doing it, I really recommend it. A lot of students uh, love the college fair, um, especially seniors. They will get really involved if you have a college fair involved. Yeah, that sounds like a very action-based thing. So there's definitely a lot of team building exercises as well with that, right? With the outside yeah. area. Okay, yeah, that's great. I mean, I'm from Pennsylvania, and I haven't been to a state leadership workshop yet because of COVID. But um, yeah, we mainly have different sessions and webinars that kind of we go to, not usually team building. So that's an interesting take on, you know, what you guys offer. And then also with the college fair, I think that's a really good idea. Bringing in. So are those colleges just from New Hampshire, or do you have colleges outside as well? In the past, we had quite a few colleges outside. I believe we had three colleges from outside of New Hampshire, and then the rest might have been in New Hampshire. I'm not entirely sure about that. Don't quote me on that. But uh, it's it's a great opportunity just to get with anyone. Um, we reach out to many colleges, and quite a few come. So it, it's a really great opportunity. So how many years have you been a state officer? So this is my second year. Uh, I am a junior this year. I came into FBLA freshman year and then ran at the end of my freshman year to become a state officer for sophomore through junior. And then I ran again, obviously. And now I'm a, a, a state officer this year. So how is that process of running for office? I know each state is a slightly different. Uh, and would you recommend it to someone who's also looking into becoming state officer following in your footsteps? I would definitely recommend it. It's really fun. Um, it's just, First off, just getting the paperwork, that's pretty simple and easy. Um, you can talk to our advisors and they're really understanding, really easy to talk to. Um, second, like we go into a campaign, you have a campaign manager, a campaign booth at SLC. Um, that's a lot of fun. And I, I can't like explain, like you get to talk to all the other candidates in a way that you haven't really talked to anyone else in FBLA before and you get to know each other and um, you want each other to win. I know you guys are, in uh, the campaign, you are technically competing against each other, but you want each other to win because you just get to know each other on that personal level. Um, then there's a, a couple different things that we do with a state officer, uh, Q&A, stuff like that. Um, there, a candidate Q&A, and uh, that, that's that's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that, especially afterwards when all of the state officer were, officer candidates were kind of like freaking out, like, well, oh, I don't know if I did well. I don't know if I did well. It, it was so funny just like, being with each other and we were all kind of scared but we all did really well as according to what everyone else said so we're super glad you got to serve at least two and you're only in junior year so you still have one more year ahead of you what are you planning on doing are you planning to uh continue being a state officer or do you have any other plans maybe at the national center uh moving on within fbla so i plan to stay as a state officer um we have to, we have Hannah Short of New Hampshire who plans to go beyond just being a state officer. I believe she plans to run for a position in the Eastern region. Um, but I plan to just stay as a state officer, stay on that local level. Um, yeah, that's yeah. my plans. I think that's honestly a great idea. I mean, the one good thing about being a state is you have that higher up level than just your local chapter, but you're not so high that you're disconnected from just the local members of FBLA, which makes up the majority of the organization. So. That's yeah. really important. So what are you planning on doing uh, outside of, you know, high school into your college years and beyond that? 
I I have a huge plan that's not been like wrapped up for many years. Obviously, there's still tweaks going on and everything, but um, I plan to go to college uh, for mechanical engineering and a minor in business. Um, that has changed a little bit as I learn more about what each individual uh, engineering field is because I want to go into renewable energies and stuff like that. Um, they really interest me. Um, electric cars also really interest me, stuff like that. I really plan to go to, to on to work with stuff like that. Um, anything to help the environment and stuff like that. Like I, I love the technology that is working to help the environment right now. That That's what I plan to work at. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that renewable energy sector. Is there a specific reason that made you want to go into that area or something that you've seen? And why electric cars out of everything when you could have chose? I mean, I mean, like, there's so many different types of renewable energy. How come electric cars is the one sector, like, you're going into? So so there is that I have. Um, there's a couple different, like, renewable energy uh, resources that I like to look into is, like, especially um, tidal energy that, that really interests me, especially the new stuff that's being done there. Um, really, all of it really, like, gets to me, and I, I really, it really interests me. But I, I plan to do this because I've seen, we, all, we have all seen, like, the factory, the image of the factory with smoke coming out, and, but we don't really understand the issues that arise from that, and that, that's something that I've come to understand throughout my high school experience learning about it. Um, I've realized that there's a lot that we can do to um, save ourselves and this planet. Um, and a lot of people aren't doing it because they don't believe that it's a problem now. But if we don't treat it as a problem now, then it's going to become a problem later. Yeah. So how, what really skills have you learned? Some of the leadership qualities that you think, because I think you mentioned that you would want to eventually start your own company, right? right? Yeah. So yeah. what kind of skills have you learned that you think will be helpful in starting your own company and being an effective leader in like, the real world so i think um and especially with uh or especially with uh communicating um learning the right way to communicate with people is going to be really uh really important um in my future because there's going to be a lot of emails that i have to write a lot of uh interviews that i have to go to just to just to make um my job possible uh especially with college coming up that that's going to be really big is uh using my fbla skills to um, work with uh, the advisors of colleges and see see what I can do for me, um, see where I best fit in. Um, FBLA has taught me a lot, but I think communicating is one of the most important ones, um, especially communicating and networking. I, I've never been that much of a networker until I joined FBLA, and it really changed my outlook on networking, especially this year. I don't know what exactly changed, but I just, I love networking with people this year. I don't know what it is. I can agree to that. I think one of the best things about FBLA is just making those friendships, making those connections, and seeing what they're up to. I mean, for example, when I was at NLCs this past summer, um, you know, the first few days were kind of slow because it was just me and another student from our high school. But as we moved on and uh, like we got to interact with other people, we met like this nice high school from Tampa, Florida, and now we we still text to this day, like you know, months later. And I think FBLA provides that such a good opportunity for that. So yeah. now when you're talking about yeah. your, yeah, go ahead. There's just like a lot of great experiences, especially at NLC. Um, being from New Hampshire, I haven't really gone to Chicago before. Um, mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun, you know, getting out into the community, but also meeting everyone in FBLA, not everyone obviously, but like a lot of people in FBLA, that was 
a lot of fun. Um, we got to talk, me and um, one of the other state officers, uh, we were talking a lot with other state officers, other members of uh, other organizations or other uh, states, and it was just so much fun. Like, I, I can't say, like, if you have not gone to NLC, please go. It is so much fun. Please consider it. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. So going back to the renew renewable energy business, what are you hoping to do in that business? I know that we're talking many, many years ahead, but I just want to see maybe you can look back at this podcast in a couple of years and see how things have changed or what ideas you had originally. So some things that I'm uh, looking forward to uh, looking at is, uh, you know, learning about uh, how renewable energy really affects the environment because um, with all the resources that we have now, um, like nuclear energy and stuff like that, um, the, we know the consequences that it has in the environment, but we don't truly know everything that's going that can happen from uh, clean energy, which which I want to see how that happens. I want to work with that and create environmentally friendly um, renewable energy resources, uh, which those those are already in the work. But honestly, just establishing a uh, a wide variety of uh, clean energy resources that work well together. That's going to be really important for our world, um, especially with how little amount of these renewable energy resources are being used compared to um, the, the opposite. And it's going to be really important to establish their position in the world. That That's what I want to work on is establishing their position. Yeah, that's great. And, Kind of switching in a similar topic. Um, so you've definitely heard of Tesla and what they're doing and how they're the largest, you know, company releasing like electric vehicles. But there's also the flip side of it that producing those electric vehicles requires a lot of non-renewable energy. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think we can eventually improve that, or is it not going to get to a point where we're going to be like carbon neutral and everything? I think that we can definitely do more research, uh, research into uh, learning about uh, what we can do for uh, vehicles. There's like hydro powered cars. Uh, what, what are they called? Um, hydrogen cars. Yeah. yeah. Hydrogen cars. So that could be one route that we take. We haven't really taken anything other than electric cars for vehicles. Um, like electric uh, is kind of the main source of renewable right now. Um, which yes, it's very well done, but there's a lot of other resources that we could look into and that we need to research on. Um, we are stuck with these batteries that eventually they will um, kind of not work anymore and they will just be thrown to the side, creating more um, pollution for the environment. But it's really important that we look into other resources um, and just research as much as we can to see how far we can get. I think that we are going to get to a point where our life not in our lifetime, but I think our our kin's next lifetime, um, they will be able to uh, get go carbon zero. Yeah, that, that's definitely going. We already see that happening in um, all different countries, uh, and even the U.S. is pretty progressive. I think I was seeing an article the other day that Singapore, if they are to build a building, any land that they use up, they have to replace it with a hundred percent of the land. So if they have a you know, a building that's whatever miles long, they have to put that much more garden into the world at that same spot. So whether that's embedded throughout the building and some of the buildings there are 200% positive. So that's definitely very cool. And I think this is a very um, good sector to go into. I think it'll be really important for the world. 
and I'm glad that we have a pretty good leader from you know New Hampshire going to be doing this. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do um, in the future. So now switching topics, what do you do outside of school for fun? You know, do you play any sports? What other things do you do? So uh, I play basketball and I try to do it year round. Uh, this year I went into a little bit of bump doing it uh, year round, but I, I like to try and do it year round. Um, I played golf my freshman year. I didn't pick it up this year, but uh, I do enjoy uh, going to the driving range and stuff like that. Um, really any activity that I can get involved in, I love to do. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of school, I like to hang out with my friends. A lot of my friends are homeschooled or go to other schools. So finding that time is really important for me. That, that type of stuff I just really like. So. so from what I've seen, you are six foot five. Is that right? Yeah. All right. So you're definitely probably a very good basketball player. I don't think you just play recreational basketball. You play AAU basketball. Definitely. Can you tell us a little bit more about yeah. what position you play? And, you know, how is a lot of times sports teaches you more than just basketball. It teaches you hard work. It teaches you passion. It teaches you so much more. How is basketball impacted? who you are today and you know i think you've been playing for a pretty long time not just recently so yeah, yeah. so uh basketball has really changed a lot of who i am um, up throughout middle school I, I didn't really get that involved with basketball but then uh my eighth grade year there was kind of like a switch and i got invited to an, an organization um to make like kind of like a super team is what they called it but uh, that that was a lot of fun. But then it, it really got me thinking about what I could do for basketball and how I could get better for high school. And then that just high school just came out of the equation. And I was just like, I want to get better at basketball. That's all I want. Um, I don't plan to play basketball like at the collegiate level. I plan to play maybe clubs in uh, college just as basketball. Um, but basketball is one of my major passions. And uh, there's a couple of different things that's changed about me. Is like my hard work. I, I I have learned a true work ethic through basketball. Um, I I never was that athletic as a kid. I had to work towards everything. And it really changed my perspective on pretty much all of my life is that I have to work towards this. So I'm going to work towards this. I'm going to get this done. Um, stuff like that. It, it just changed how I see myself in the world and how I see who I can be. Definitely very important. So in the past, you've mentioned that you like you struggle with asthma. And how do you think that you having that barrier in the way, what have you done to overcome that or, you know, try to work around asthma on becoming a, still a very good basketball player, successful in the league? I mean, I think when we were trying to set up this meeting, you said you had a tournament, you know, so you're clearly definitely very good. What has all that taught you? So um, basketball uh, with asthma has really taught me that you may face a challenge that you don't think that you can get around, but you, there is ways to get around it. There is uh, options to explore um, and there's ways that you can work with it. Uh, sometimes I had to work extremely hard and that may have caused my asthma to kick in. But then if I took just a two second or two minute break, breathe in and out, calm myself down, then I went right back to work and it worked out pretty well. And that taught me that sometimes whenever you're working and you get frustrated, you just need a two minute break. Just walk away for two minutes, come back, and get back to work. And that works for almost any part of my life is whenever I get frustrated, just walk away for two minutes. Um, I, I kind of learned that, like, I it, when I am doing something, I may get frustrated, but my body also may get frustrated. And that point of asthma, I think it just – frustrated is kind of a weird word to use, but, like, it's how 
my asthma starts to kick in and I just like, okay, my body needs a two minute break, step away. That type of type, that type of thing. So yeah, it, it was um, really hard for me at first, especially through middle school, trying to work with asthma. But uh, eventually I got into a rhythm um, and then it started to not affect me. And then COVID hit and there was a lot of things gone from where I couldn't work out as much as I used to. And then my asthma got a little bit worse. Um, obviously I was already out of shape, but then I came back and I worked harder and harder. And uh, I'm back to that point where I think I'm ready to play uh, regardless of asthma. Yeah, I think that's a very good lesson, you know, just taking that two-minute break, and that can be applied not just to basketball, but life as a whole. When things get difficult, sometimes just take a step back and see already how much you've accomplished, see what's going on, and then after that two-minute break, you can step back in. And I think that's, I'm glad that you, like, found that rhythm and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about other challenges that you face. So I think when we were talking before, um, you mentioned that you deal with anxiety and I think a lot of people do. Uh, but, you know, I think you've, although anxiety is a, it affects you in all different parts of your life, you're still a state leader. You're still a local chapter president. You're, you play basketball. You want to start your own company. You have so many different ambitions. How has anxiety kind of limited you or, you know, even helped you at certain times uh, in your life? So my anxiety has really helped me prepare myself for stuff. Um, it's like the one thing I will say anxiety has helped me with is that I get so worried about something that I over-prepare to the point where I'm ready. I, I, I can do it. Um, but anxiety has also restricted me at some points, uh, especially with speaking. And like I said earlier, uh, networking, I was kind of uh, anxious about what people would think about me, um, nervous about how I would uh, show, how I would speak and stuff like that it, it really hindered me there but um i actually talked about this at my flw is that uh, i see a therapist for my anxiety and i'm not afraid to admit that but one of the biggest things is that there's a lot of people who are afraid to admit that they need to see someone about something and that's a really big issue in um especially in high schools right now and I'm, I'm sure you may have seen it in your high school where people are afraid to get help that they need and um it, it's just a really big part is that you need to be it able to let yourself get help or else you're not nothing is going to get better and that, that's been one big uh realization for me is i need the help so i'm gonna go get it so i can be better for myself yeah definitely what what advice would you give like rather advice your therapist has given you or that you've discovered on your own to other people struggling with anxiety that might you know also struggle in the same sectors of public speaking and getting up on stage things like that so um this is actually something that we literally just talked about, which was that two-minute break where, okay, you're getting ready for something, you're over-preparing, over-preparing, but then, like, you hit that part where you're, like, really nervous and you're not ready, not sure if you can do it, and you're starting to shake a little bit. Take a two-minute break. Go on your phone, do something. Just find something that calms you. I, I use music to calm myself. I sometimes play video games to calm myself down, um, you know, talk to my friends, anything like that, just to calm myself down, even like texting someone that uh, I care about. It helps me calm myself down, stuff like that. Um, you got to find the stuff that calms you down and gets you prepared at the same time. Um, because once you get on stage to talk or once you go um, up to that person and start that conversation, you're going to feel a lot better uh, and a lot more ready if you are instead calm than over-prepared. Um, I know preparation is something that should take time, but 
over-preparing is not going to help you in any situation. Um, it is only going to prepare you for stuff that may not happen. And uh, when you prepare for the stuff that may not happen, it may stop you from preparing for stuff that will happen. And uh, that's, that's one important thing is that through anxiety, you have to realize that that two minute break, just like I said earlier, just two minute break. Um, yeah. Another thing that uh, my therapist and a couple other people told me is find something that calms you down while you're speaking. Because a lot of people, while they, like at my first uh, SLC, I had a problem with moving around too much on the podium and stuff like that. Because I, I was nervous, I was anxious. And um, there was like a, I kept bouncing my leg up and down. So people could see that. So you have to find something small just to keep yourself moving and something that you can focus on while talking so that you're not uh, moving too much and your anxiety isn't showing too much and it's not hindering you too much. Um, even if you just like do something weird with your hands like this, that this is something that's like helped me a lot recently is you can hide it here, but doing this, this, this helps calm you down. You know, anything that you can do just to like calm yourself down. Um, that's, Another important part with basketball is uh, free throws. I get anxiety whenever I go to the free throw line. Mm -hmm. um, just having a rhythm and then preparing with that uh, deep breath. It, it's going to be, it's really important. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think a lot of people can definitely relate to that. I mean, myself, I get testing anxiety and I sometimes will freak out right before a test and listening to music or just taking those deep breaths right before really helps me calm me down. And, I can definitely relate to the stage thing. I mean, I don't really have that much uh, anxiety when it comes to speaking and stuff. But when I first stepped on the stage at my SLC, SLC giving my campaign speech, my leg was just, it was shaking so much. It's very, it's very nerve wracking. And so even if someone's looking at this podcast uh, and hoping to run, know that even if you don't have anxiety, doing these different techniques can still help you. And I think that's, I mean, you summed it up really well. And I think most people will appreciate this advice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. All right. What what else is going on? So in terms of school, how are you balancing your junior year? Uh, you know, they say that's the hardest year because you have SATs, you have all the EP classes, all that sort of stuff. How are you dealing with all that? I have to say it's been an insane year. Uh, I have had like five excused absences just due to going to college fairs, going all over the place. Um and preparing for basketball at the same time and uh, helping my chapter out at the same time. That it's a lot, but re I realize that it's not anything to worry about because there's a lot of people there to help me. Um, my chapter uh, this year started with just me because all of our students either um, graduated or um, lost interest with FBLA through COVID and stuff like that. And uh, this year we plan to go after um, younger members and try and help build up the organization more. And um, that's been a big part of my life in school so far is finding those people in my community to be part of FBLA that can help me out whenever I need it and um, understand what I'm going through. Um, junior year is a very stressful year. So that, that anxiety thing is something to keep in mind. Um, keep yourself calm at all times. Uh, be prepared, but not over-prepared. There's a lot of tests in my junior year that have happened so far, and um, not just talking about academic testing. It's just testing my character, and, and it's been hard, but it has been fun at the same time because I'm learning a lot.
outside of school, I, so in school, I take six classes and then one study hall just to do two classes that, that are done outside of school. Um, I take, I'm taking two college classes at this time. Um, one inside, one within school with a teacher and then one outside of school online, um, as well as one VLAX class. Uh, and that's, it's a big workload, yeah. but it's having that study hall and giving yourself that time to work on stuff is really important, especially for me. Cause I gave myself that time where, okay, I can go work on this. I can go work on this. I have time. Um, and even if I need to take that day to just breathe and talk to someone instead of doing that work, I'm okay with that. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's been a really big part of my junior year is just being okay and accepting what is going on in your environment and working with it. Yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, I'm a senior now, so I've been through my junior year and I think it actually, it teaches you so much. I mean, you already have the work ethic, work, work ethic, but you taking so many different classes and managing everything is, is really important. It teaches you a lot. Um, so you said that you meant you started your chapter with just one, just you. How how did that recruitment process go? I mean, I'm sure a lot of chapters can actually relate. Even myself, our chapter used to have it used to be the biggest club on our entire school, and over COVID, it died to almost nobody. So, yeah. how has that recruitment gone? And what advice can you give to other chapters that are struggling with the same problem? Yeah. So in the past, with my chapter, uh, there was one point where there was 40 members in my chapter, and then. My freshman year, I believe it went from 30 the year prior down to uh, around 12 to 20. Um, that was like through COVID. And then everyone graduated. It was just all the seniors graduated. And it was pretty much me, one senior, and one junior. And that, and that was my sophomore year. Um, and then at the beginning of this year, it was just me. And one thing to keep in mind is, okay, it may just be you right now, but you get one person, okay, have them get one person, and then you get another person. And just using that like multiplication where, oh, let's just get one more person. That's, it makes it a lot less stressful where it just starts to build up slowly and slowly. Um, at the beginning of the school year, we got two people. And then those two people, their uh, assignment for the next class or next uh, club meeting was to get two more people. And then those four had to get four more people. And it was just stuff like that that's happened so far this year. And then with FLW, we've kind of calmed down. You know, we're not looking for members right now. We're just trying to um, see what's going on with our state officer projects. And then now we're going to, when we come back to school this week, we are going to try and recruit some more, see how that goes. Um, but don't overdo it. You know, don't ask too much. Um, it, it can be a problem if you're asking too much in the community. So just wait and see who comes to you first or uh, see who you can get who especially like freshmen that's a really big opportunity because they need somewhere to fit in into the high school that was like my project last year was uh teaching kids how to uh find a place where to where they fit in in high school wow. um, i had a project called mentoring the middle last year where you go down to uh, the middle level um, and it may not even be starting a chapter in the middle level but it, it's getting them involved with FBLA so that they have somewhere to go when they come to high school so that they're not freaking out, um, wondering where they belong. Yeah. So yeah, that, that helps build your uh, bubble. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that uh, state project that you've done on Instagram, and I think you know a lot of good things were said there. Uh, you usually see a lot of the state officers or even national officers, and you look at their chapter, they're coming from 
large chapter with hundreds of members and that's i don't even know how they get that many but they have a lot of people what encouraged you to run for state officer even with so little amount of people in your chapter so uh my freshman year um i obviously didn't know a lot about fbla but i, I learned a lot quickly and i got really involved really quick and it was coming into freshman year i found the people that i wanted to be involved with and the people that i wanted to um learn more about like the club and then that came to the point where oh you know what i want to run for the officer just because i want to see what that's like because i want to experience as much as i could within fbla and um that helped me get to the point where i am today um really just talking uh with my advisor seeing like hey what can i do to help out our chapter help out our chapter help out our chapter if you get really involved with the advisor then they'll see that and they'll you know ask you to run for state officer or even if you see that state officer campaigns are coming up soon just talk to whoever you can and um see what you can do yeah Love it. all right well i think we're just about wrapping up here is there anything else that you'd want to talk about even you have a question for me uh, I mean, I don't really have many questions. Just, uh, I don't know. How, how is, uh, how's your chapter doing? So yeah, my chapter isn't pretty good. Um, we've had a couple meetings so far last year. We had about eight or nine people come to state leadership conference. And then those people turned into officers this year. Um, and this year, because I've ran for state office and I've, you know, now I'm elected on the national council with Christopher Patel as the Eastern region vice president. Um, I've gotten a lot more involved and I think something about FBLA that people don't know about is that there's so much that they offer. So I was able to use that uh, to my advantage and was able to recruit so many different students. So at our school, we have this thing called an activities fair where all the different clubs line up. They have a table. They can just talk to different students. And with that, we were able to bring in at least like 40 to 45 people at our first meeting. Um, PA, FBLA is having their state leadership conference just next Saturday. And we have a handful of kids going to that. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty exciting. And I'm in a similar boat here with you, like to what you said, all those different tips and advice. If there's anyone else listening, that's, you know, maybe a chapter officer. Definitely use those, you know, advice that he gave, and it'll really help. Yeah. yeah. Um, last thing, just remember that two-minute break. Yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dylan, for coming on to the show. If anyone wants to reach out to him, his email is dylanm. 2024 at gmail.com. You can also DM him on Instagram at Dylan Miller FBLA. I'll link those onto the onto the video. Once again, thank, thank you, you so, so much for coming on to this the show. So yeah. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you.